Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Rewind, where we'll be reviewing some of the forgotten and some unforgettable moments that have ever taken place in the ring. I'm Simon Maguire, and on this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by boxing writer from the Irish Sun, Kevin Byrne, and by Irish-American boxer, Mike Culbert. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Simon. Glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. And you've shared the ring with some famous names. You took on Mickey Ward in the amateurs, and you sparred with one of Ireland's greatest ever fighters in Steve Collins. Tell us a bit about those clashes. You know, it's funny because I, I fought the first time I fought Mickey Ward, I was 16. I wasn't even in the tournament, um, but I had complained that I wasn't in the tournament. But I don't think uh, the Petronellis had thought I was ready for yet. I trained with the, the Pat and Goody Petronelli. Um, I um, had complained to Tony Petronelli that I wasn't in the tournament. They were afraid that I would have to fight Vinny Pazienza, who was also in the tournament. But when Pazienza didn't show up, um, they matched me with Mickey Ward. That's class. That's and really- I, I, uh, it was, you know, he was already a name guy because his, his brother had fought Sugar Ray Leonard. He'd already been to the Nationals. And, he, you know, he was. But, you know, to be honest with you, neither one of us did much in the first fight. You know, he he um, he looked, in, I wouldn't say intimidated, but very timid. He didn't he didn't do much. You know, I, I'd heard so much about him, but I did even less because I was I'll be honest with you. I was kind of scared to death. <laughs> and what did and how many times did you end up fighting Mickey? Three times. Now the next time I fought him, I won the New England Novice Championship, um, and I won eighteen fights in a row. And I couldn't wait to fight him again. And when I'd see him out, I said, you know, I can't wait to fight you again. And you know, we ended up the same thing: semifinals of the AAU tournament in Dorchester. Um, we we fought and I had a strong first round. I, I hit him with something that could have been called a knockdown. The referee sent me to the neutral corner, started to count and then stopped and wiped his gloves off. Now, when I looked at him, his nose was bleeding. So I knew I hit him. <laughs> um, uh, he didn't fall. He didn't fall. He didn't like drop, but he fell forward and both his gloves touched the ground. It should have been called a knockdown. Uh, and the fight was even going into the third round because he won the second round. And then he hit me with one of that left hook to the body that he's famous for. In the third round, I, I was running for my life. I, I'm still, it's been that was in 1983, so I, you know, it's coming up on, it's coming up on 
37 years and I still remember it like yesterday. He, yeah. I stuck my tongue out at him and he hit me with a left uppercut. And if I didn't have a mouthpiece in my tongue, would have probably came off. He got the decision. He deserved it. I mean, I could have got it because I could have won the first two rounds and he won the third round, but he got the decision. Now, the third time I fought him was after I came back for fighting for Ireland. Um, and I had more experience and um, I deserved to win the fight. You know, I mean, if you, you can watch it on YouTube, you know, I tell people all the time. I mean, it's a it's a good fight. I didn't try to box him. I tried to brawl with him, and uh, I deserve the decision, in my opinion. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, out of the frying pan into the fire. When you're not fighting the Tasmanian devil, you're you're going to Irish Mickey Ward. And, well, yeah, uh, no, the thing was, he, he, they and he, they weren't even that that division. That was at 132 pounds in 1982. That division was packed with other guys too. Um, there's a guy named David Tardo who who beat Ward in the finals that year. David Tardo might have beat Pazienza. I mean, that's how good he was. So he was from South Boston. He's a legend. And so he passed away a couple of years ago, but he's a legend in South Boston. And he might even have beat Pazienza. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that that whole division was packed. I certainly, I was still a novice, but I, you know, I think they were trying to teach me a lesson because I was complaining. The other fighters who I trained with was only three other guys, but they were all in the tournament. And, uh, and I wasn't told I was in, wasn't in the tournament till week one. And I complained. And so I think in week three, um, they didn't have an opponent for Ward in the tournament. And they put me in there. And I, I was still, I in the United States at that time, you were a novice up until seven fights. I think I had five fights. So, and okay. I know Ward started boxing when he was seven years old. So he, he had a lot more than me. <laughs> yeah, he was up and running. Uh, I believe when you turn when you turn pros out, like there was a good, Boston had a good tradition for Irish guys going over. You had Sean yeah. Mannion in the early eighties, Boston uh, boxing out of Boston, and then you had Steve Collins moved over as well. Was boxing out of the Petronelli's gym. When right. you turned professional, didn't you make your debut on the Steve Collins versus Sam Sam Story Irish title fight in Boston? I did, and it's funny because when I was in Ireland, when I did fight for Ireland before the Olympics. You're born here. Isn't that I was born in Ireland. Yeah, I was born in Carrick, Fergus in the north. Um, and I went back to, you know, I to make try to make the Irish team and fight internationally. Um, and I spied a lot with Sammy Story at the Holy Family Gym. And, you know, when I ended up turning pro, I got robbed in the 1988 Golden Gloves. I fought, I won it the year before. Um, and I went to the Nationals and I kind of acted up a little bit. And you guys can imagine. Um, what I was doing um, when the 88 came around, I fought the same guy. I beat him much easier, much easier. They gave him the decision. I don't think they want to be going back to the nationals. So I turned pro um, and it was, you know, on the undercard of that fight, my, my uh, stable mate, Brian powers uh, got hurt. He, he also fought at 147, and they, they asked me, do you want to fight on the undercard? And the thing was Stevie Sims, the Southpaw. So I just kept boxing with Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, how, how was he in those days uh, sharing a ring? And unfortunately, Sam, Sammy Story against Steve Collins, uh, famous fight for Irish boxing history, but there's no footage of it out there. I Certainly know. not on, online. Well, I, or gotta, I, I, it looks I, I might have that. I might have that on a VHS. There you go. You're making yourself some uh, money today as well. It was you? on Nessun, uh, which is the New England Sports Network. Um, which <laughs> My last amateur fight, the one I got robbed in, was on Nessun. So at least everybody got to see it. People were calling me for weeks saying, wow. And that was horrible if they did, yeah. Um, and then my first pro fight on the undercard of Story and uh, Collins was on Nesson also. So I might have a video of Stevie and uh, and uh, I think I do. I think I have a video. I know a video of my fight. 
You're going to have to get the family to help you out during the lockdown with uh, uploading from VHS to YouTube. It's new new skills. You never too you never stop learning, isn't that right, Mike? <laughs> My son was helps me with all that. <laughs> he's 17 so, and he's really good with all that. <laughs> he's going to be ace at that. Yeah. So I wanted the reason we're calling we want to we're calling this episode "Fighting Roberto Duran" because uh, eventually before we, get on, before we go to that, can I say can I say one thing about Sean Mannion? Oh yeah. Uh, Sean was one of my heroes growing up, uh, being from the Boston area, you know, a Southpaw, you know, I had all these guys that I, that I, uh, in my, in the gym, you know, Robbie Sims, of course, Marvin, um, Edwin Carrett, you know, there was, uh, there was a lot of world-class fighters, but I really looked up to Sean, you know, being Irish and I boxed me and Sean boxed in a benefit exhibition seven years ago. Uh, it'll be probably the last time either one of us is in a ring in front of a crowd. So, mm. I uh, I did box with Sean also. <laughs> now I read I read a preview of that article uh, yeah. of that fight, but no uh, review of of the of how it went. So I was curious as to uh, who who took more damage or what what sort what happened, what went down in that fight. Uh, I mean Sean's ten years older than me, so uh, either one of us went all out, and I he was very tired in the last round. I had Peter McNeely in my corner who worked with, who fought Mike Tyson. And I had uh, my Mark, my manager at the time, Mark Vaz. And Peter's telling me, he's tired, go get him. And I'm like, I'm not going to beat up Sean Hinton or try to. And Mark Mark was a cooler head and said, Mike, just go out and move around. Sean's very tired. So, but me, yeah. you know, Sean's a hero of mine. And I know I, I couldn't have beat Sean in his prime. So, <laughs> well, they say never, never meet your heroes, but you got yeah. to. You have to come up against Sean Mannion in an exhibition. But I believe yeah. your favorite fighter from the time you were 11 years old was uh, Roberto Duran, hands of stone, uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, you were six months old when Roberto Duran made his professional debut back in 1967. Uh, and eventually you fought him in Mountaineer Park, Chester, West Virginia, on September the 27th, 1996. Um Dream come true, I suppose. Uh, the result didn't go your way. Uh, stoppage in the sixth round, but uh, one that you'll never forget. It was a dream. It was. It was really, I, you know. And I, and, I mean, it was. <laughs> it was so many years ago. It's coming up on 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 uh, twenty three years, and I still uh, twenty four years, and I still sometimes don't believe it. You know, I I had followed this guy, like I said, when I just started watching boxing when I was ten or eleven, and my gym teacher because I'm. Um, Dino Dennis, who ended up being my stablemate later, was fighting George Foreman on uh, on a Friday night on national television here in the States. And I said to my gym teacher, I knew he was a boxing fan. We had talked about boxing a little bit. I said, you know, George Foreman's fighting Dino Dennis. And he said, um, who cares about that? Roberto Duran's fighting tonight. And I'm like, oh, who's Roberto Duran? And, you know, he goes, well, you see, you'll see. And I did. He, he got a first round knockout and uh, made his record 57 and one. And I, he was my favorite from that moment on. You're hooked. I had, you know, the funny thing is I've had five friends of mine fight him. <laughs> and uh, they all did better than I did, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can't win them all. So I'll bring us back to September 1996. Uh, the UK number one, Simon, one of your favorite tunes, I'm sure. Ready or Not by the Fugees. You'll never guess who did the, uh, who did the backing track for Ready or Not for the Fugees. Uh, go on. Enya. Really? Yeah, it's, it's an Enya backing track, yeah. There you go. Currently uh, the second most famous docky dweller after Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
top of the US box office it was a great time in the Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn household because First Wives Club was uh, the top movie in the USA and Escape from LA was the top movie in the U- in the UK that week. Um, in tennis, Steffi Graf beat Monica Seles to retain the US Open. Pete Sampras won the men's title. Uh, on the on September seventh, just a couple of weeks before your fight, Mike, uh, there was another Mike in action in Las Vegas. Mike Tyson hammered Bruce Seldon in the first round, but in a fight that became a bit more infamous uh, afterwards because uh, the rapper Tupac yeah. Shakur was coming out of it, and um, he was shot in the street and he died six days later in hospital. Yeah, or I remember. Or I was very disappointed in Seldon. Yeah. Yeah, very bad. He. He got punched in the shoulder and went down. He got, you know, my buddy Peter McNeely went out and fought Mike Tyson, and Peter lasted 89 seconds, but he tried to win the fight. Mm. Seldon got uh, 10 times what Peter got and didn't try to win and didn't try to survive. Yeah. So that was very disappointing. Um, September 29th, just a day or two after your, a couple of days after your fight, the Nintendo 64 makes its debut in the USA, three months after being released in Japan. Meanwhile, back in Ireland, uh, we're preoccupied with games on the field. Uh, Wexford dancing at the crossroads after beating Limerick 113 to 14 in the All Ireland Senior Hurling final, uh, captained by Martin Story and Liam Griff and managed by Liam Griffin. And in the football final, Mayo and Mead draw uh, 19 to 12 at, in the All Ireland final at Crow Park. Liam McHale is man the match for Mayo and Colin Coyle scores one of the jammiest points ever scored at HQ uh, as the ball bounces over the crossbar in the last in the final minutes. Uh, surely Mayo's luck is going to change in the replay, but unfortunately not. Touch of a brawl early on. Michaela sent off. Coyle sent off. He was useless anyway. And uh, May- Mead win the title. Surely Mayo's time is coming soon. You have to ask. Yeah, it's only around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, down in West Virginia, Mike Colbert has taken a two-week two weeks notice to step in, in against his idol, his favorite fighter since he's 11 years old. Uh, Roberto Duran is 45 years old. He's looking for either his 98th or his 98th win. It's sort of disputed at this minute. Um, you spoke about Mike Tyson uh, and Bruce Seldon, a first-round knockout. Peter McNeely, a first-round knockout. Duran, I think, has 21 first-round knockouts on his card at this moment in time when he's fighting you. And he also has said, he said in his book last year, I am Duran. He says, I was Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson came along. <laughs> Fighters will take one look at me and crap in their pants. Leonard, he was talking about Leonard at the time, Leonard would be no different. It was starting to dawn on the Americans that they'd never come across anything like me before. This eerie, deadly being with jet black hair, dark eyes and bad intentions. El Diablo, they call me. The devil. So were you going in against um, El Diablo at the time, did you think? Or were you going in against, as the Observer called him, Aging Bull? I just looked at it like another fight. I, You know, I shouldn't, well, that might not be true. I mean, he was my hero, but we didn't think we were, we, we weren't going to win that fight. You know, I took the fight on 10 days notice. Um, I actually posted um, on Facebook my my contract the other day because a lot of people had said, you took that at 10 days notice. The contract is written up for seven days before the fight. So I didn't even know for sure that I was going to fight him until seven days before the fight. Um, but, we, we, you know, we just looked at it like he's he's not training for me. He's overlooking me. Um and we thought we could outbox him. And at the end, after talking to Robbie Sims, who beat him 10 years before, Robbie, Robbie, I said to Robbie, you know, what, you know, what did I do wrong? And Rob, the first thing Robbie said to me was, you don't box Duran. 
he thinks I should have tried to brawl with him a lot more than I did, which I didn't at all. Where were you in the world when you got the call with 10 days notice? Were you working or were you training full-time at the gym? What was I, was, I was at the gym training because I had a fight coming up the week before, but my opponent was changed. Uh, a lot of this is, was held back for me, and uh, including the... Um, I didn't find out till later, but you know they were working on this, and like I said, I was told ten days before that I might fight him. Now, I like I fought the week before, and I hadn't been training to fight Roberto Duran. I'd been training to fight a guy who I didn't think would be that hard of a fight. And any fighter will tell you they don't you don't train for everybody the same. That's not how it, you know. And once I found out that I was fighting Milton Leek, so I'd already beaten twice. Um, I knew then that I was probably going to be fighting Roberto Duran. My opponent okay. changed three times in three days. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And then uh, I fought Duran the week later. I did knock. I did knock leaks out in three rounds. But I would have. I would have been in much better condition. I was supposed to fight him seven months before. He was going to fight Hector Camacho. Um, uh, probably in uh, May. And I was fighting Duran in Miami on February 20th. On January 16th of that year, Camacho was fighting his tune-up. Um, I can't remember the fight. Lopez was his last name. But Hector got cut by a butt, and it ended up being a technical draw. They were trying to push back the, uh, the Camacho-Duran fight, so they changed the, Duran's opponent, and he fought Ray Domange. I had six weeks to train for Duran at that time. Until they, like I said, they, they canceled the fight. And he ended up fighting Demange. I never thought I'd fight Roberto Duran after that. I almost fought Hector Camacho five different times. And I really thought I was going to end up fighting Camacho. That would have been, a, he's a t another tough cookie. Another difficult guy to uh, land well, a punch on. He, he is, but I, my, I got Frank DiOrio, who fought Camacho's first fight after uh, Felix Trinidad fight. I got, I got Frank ready to fight him. Me and Frank did a ton of sparring, and Frank came back after the fight. And Frank gave him a good fight. Frank lost a decision. I think one judge had Camacho winning by a point. Now, when you fight guys like that, you have a B side. You have to really beat them. I mean, anything close, they're going to get the decision. Yeah. Camacho deserved the decision, but, but Frank came back. He said, you can beat this guy. He said, you're faster than him. He hits harder than you do, but you can beat this guy. So I was, <laughs> I really was more looking forward to fighting Hector Camacho. But I mean, Duran was my favorite. <laughs> so at the end yeah. of the day, I'm happy I got that. <laughs> yeah, I read an interview with you, Mike. You said a couple of things struck you about uh, about fighting him. First, it was the funny comment you said it was the best day of my life until my daughter was born in '99, yeah. which is. Yeah. You said you were slightly of him at the weigh-in, and you'll never forget how his face looked. It was like a mask. Uh it didn't look real it did you know i didn't it was flat and i'm looking at it going jeez is that what's gonna happen to me if i keep fighting <laughs> and he well, was a good defensive fighter but you know i mean yeah and just in, the ring, in the ring a couple of things stu stuck out how hard it was to catch him clean and yeah. his body his, def his defense was underrated um well, did the funny here's something you guys will find interesting when Marvin Hagler beat him in 1983, we were, we were a small gym. We weren't a big gym like the Conk or some of the other gyms. So we all knew each other. And Marvin was friendly with, you know, me and all the younger guys. And Marvin came back and told us what, it was Marvin's first big fight. You know, it was, his, it was his second fight in Vegas. 
on our third fight in Vegas, but his first against another superstar. And he yeah. came back, and the first thing he said was that Duran was so hard to hit, so hard to catch clean. And as I was fighting Roberto, and I started missing him, I started thinking of Marvin saying that. I didn't think of it all the way up in, with the fight coming up, but in the ring, I started thinking about it. Yeah, and like he had all this pedigree. So he obviously he shared the ring with Marvin Hagler, but he was one of the only boxers at the time to be a four-weight world champion. Lightweight, welterweight, light middleweight, and middleweight. And he'd go on to uh, try and challenge at super middleweight. Um, where did you see your place in it? Uh, were you trying to halt a legacy of your hero or was it, were you trying to think, um, you know, just simply about your own result and your own performance and not the grand scheme of the guy you're coming up with? And also, I guess... Uh, no, did he I was try trying to beat the guy. <laughs> did he try and intimidate you as well uh, in the run-up to it? Well, you know what? He's funny. He, he he did. You know, he, he was just staring at me. But he seemed like he was nervous also. You know, I mean, I, I was fine until, you know, it was all great. You know, the, the week of the fight, everybody's seeing, you know, it's on, it's being, you know, publicized on TV and this and that. And everything was great uh, until I got about halfway through my flight to Pittsburgh. Where we, you know, we flew into Pittsburgh and then drove the rest of the way into had the limo drive the rest of the way into West Virginia. But about halfway through my flight into Pittsburgh, I realized now I got to go fight this guy. You know, and then it wasn't so much fun. And then the nerves started settling in. Yeah, the arrows you know, before the fight, they all say it's the most nervous part. Uh, I've, I've never, and I'd had you know, ninety fights amateur and pro at that point, and uh, I was the most nervous I've ever been before a fight. And I'd never been on national TV before. I've been on local TV. I've been on regional TV, but not, but not on national TV. And then fighting like, you know, fighting a guy like that. Yeah. You know, you're confident, but you're nervous. And, uh, you know, it didn't go my way, but. You get to the ring and the announcer, Bruce Kaiden, yeah. says your record wrong. He goes, welcome yeah, to the ring, Mike Colbert from Brockton, Massachusetts, 20 and six. And then someone yeah. shouts at him. Yeah. yeah, I said right to my trainer Cliff, I'm like Cliff Pippen. I was like, Cliff, tell him to change that. And you know, a lot of friends have said to me, they go, didn't you have things more important things in your mind than that? I'm like, no, it pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> national, national TV. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a rifle, God says. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Duran has 21 first round KOs in in uh, in history. But what what is your plan? You said Robbie Sims says uh, fight him. And yeah, I should have I should have came forward and tried to attack him more. And that's for being from the Petronelli gym, I you know, I know how the plan was. I mean, Marvin Hagler went out there to box Roberto Duran because they thought he would come forward and fight like he did against Davy Moore. And Duran didn't. Duran waited and boxed. And 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 they thought that Duran was setting a trap for Marvin for Marvin to come forward and Roberto was gonna counter him. And it was a good fight. Until you know that Marvin won the last three rounds and and got the decision he deserved. Um, so when they fought, when Robbie fought him, um, they the the plan was right from the get go to to attack Duran and make him, you know, make him back up, make him fight backing up, and they did that. And he, I think, you know, Robbie, although it was a split decision, I thought Robbie deserved to win the fight. Um, and then later, Sean Fitzgerald, a friend of mine that fought Roberto Duran, um, I said. <laughs> For some reason, I was sparring Sean Fitzgerald four days before the fight. And uh, I, I, I have no idea why, because me and Roberto Duran's uh, styles couldn't have been any different. But, you know, I boxed with Sean, and, you know, Sean sat on the ropes with his hands down, and I was catching him. And I says to him, I said, you know, when you get in there with him, you better not do that. And that's how he ended up getting knocked out, by staying on the ropes with his hands down. 
But before that, Sean gave him a real tough time by being aggressive and coming forward on him. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So uh, I've watched uh, I've watched the fight back there recently and uh, so a couple of, a couple of impressions of it. Like you say, um, you could see that maybe you haven't come forward as much as you would have liked. And I, right. I, I get the sense from, from talking to you that that's a regret when it comes to your game plan. So right. I'm looking at the punch stats as they're coming out and they're being read out by the venerable Al Bernstein. And um, through, through the second round, uh, Duran has kind of outlanded you four to one. Are you surprised? You're the younger guy. Are you surprised by the fact that you can't land your punches on him? And yeah. meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. his, his, his uh, speed and his reflexes and his agility is surely diminished age 45. But he's, right. still, he's still finding a way to tag, to connect, to touch you up. Yeah, you most up of those punches were to the body. Yeah. You know, they, you know, I think Bernstein or, or the other guy, I didn't like the other announcer. He, he, he said a, a kind of a rude comment at the end of the fight, at the end of the fight towards me. Um, but I think one of them pointed out that most of those punches landed by Durant were to the body. Mm. You know, I caught him probably three times clean. I, I, if you watch it again in the fourth round, I hit him with a left uppercut that snapped his head back. And I felt it all the way down to my elbow. Um, it didn't bother him because he's been hit by a lot harder guys than me. Um, but, you know, I, I did catch him clean a couple, like I said, two or three times where I really felt it. And he didn't really catch me clean to the, to the head until the end of the fourth round where he buckled my knees. I mean, our plan was to kind of stink the place out and hold on the inside, keep the fight on the outside until later in the fight. Even though I took the fight late, we figured we'd be in better condition. Conditioning has always been a good... You know, I've always been a very uh, the type of fighter that's always come on later later in fights, uh, and uh, we figured that would be the case. But I wasn't expecting the body work that he put in.
would slow me yeah. down like it did. Is he the best? Is he the best body puncher you've been in with? Uh, I suppose considering the the folks you've sparred with and shared oh. a ring with. You. Um, he left bruises on my body for two weeks after the fight, so you'd have to say yeah. I think that one shot Mickey Ward hit me with is an amateur. That one probably for a single body shot hurt more than any. He did hit me in the solar plexus where I couldn't breathe, Duran. And uh, that's why the second knockdown was that one. Um, I got up. I still couldn't breathe. He threw a couple of punches at me. I went down again to catch my breath because uh, I kind of panicked. I mean, it's tough being in there when you can't breathe. <laughs> and a guy's throwing punches at you, a guy like that. Um, and that's when I got up that time. I could breathe finally and then uh you know he hit me with a few more punches and the referee stopped the fight overall yeah. i mean like i said he left bruises in my body for two weeks so yeah i would really say he's the best body puncher that i've i've faced and i suppose uh, part of the myth and the legend about duran is he's he's willing to circumvent uh, the rules of not just the ring but apparently like society and do whatever he feels yeah. is going to help him win a fight with poor El ken buchanan's family jewels will testify to that and uh, in the third round, yeah. Duran gets in a bit of trouble for hitting you low as well. And um, yeah. I think I think there's a knockdown. In, is it in the fifth or the sixth where you complained? The sixth. The sixth yeah, you? I did. I, I He didn't so, hit me low. <laughs> I was trying to buy time. He hit me in the solar plexus. That guy okay. just said it. He, hit me, yeah. he hit me in the solar plexus. And as I went down, I was like, you know, I couldn't breathe. So I immediately said it was low. But it it wasn't. <laughs> but he uh, he did hit me in the hip earlier in the fight. Yeah, but I think it was it wasn't on purpose. I don't believe. Okay, uh, if you could go back now uh, and fight him again, or would you would you do anything differently? Would you still accept the fight when you took it at short notice, or would you no, just? I change? still would have. I still would have accepted the fight. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. My manager at the time, um, Vin Vecchione who was the manager for Peter McNeely whenever he stopped the McNeely-Tyson fight, um, he had said to me, don't tell Robbie you might fight Durant. And I'm like, why? He goes, don't bother. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. And I didn't. And I spotted with Robbie Sims probably five days before the Durant fight. Um, and I didn't tell him. But I wish I had it because then he could have given me some insight on how to fight him. Why didn't he, why didn't he, why didn't he want you to tell him? I have no idea. They that's how Vinny was. He was everything was a secret with him. You know? The sun's gonna come up tomorrow. Don't tell anybody. You know, like <laughs> that's how he was. So but you know, at the end of the day I I did what I could out there. Um and I would yeah, I would have fought him more aggressively if I if I knew that, that was maybe a better idea. I mean, as a lightweight, you didn't fight Duran aggressively. You try to move and box on him. But as they got bigger, I think you could. And um you know, Robbie proved it, and, and Sean Fitzgerald proved it. Another guy I spied with that fought him, Jacques LeBlanc, gave him a tough fight. Um, you know, yeah. but nothing Al Burns says, he says in the 60s, he says, uh, Roberto's obviously a ghost of what he used to be, and yet you see in flashes the things he used to be able to do so well. And, uh, yeah, you, I guess you took the brunt of that uh, you, yeah. because he was able to do. He still maybe had the tactical now, so just the... Uh, the muscle memory to know where to throw the shots to really debilitate an opponent. Well, he was still in good condition from the Camacho fight. Mm. You know, he had fought Camacho in June, so he'd fought him three months before. And um, he, he's the type of guy to let himself go really fast. But what we didn't know is he fought before he fought me between he won a first round knockout 
against Ariel Cruz um, about a month before he fought me. So he was still in the gym and still training. Yeah, uh, for gonna fight. He was going to fight Camacho in a rematch after he beat me, but that didn't happen for another five years. Yeah, so Duran has nine more fights after you. Um, yeah. You know, wins a few, loses a few, loses to William Joppy for the, the world middleweight title. Yeah, he um, shouldn't have been that fight, no, yeah. But, like, the only reason Roberto Duran really quit in the end was, didn't he have a... He had a car motor- accident. Yep. A car accident. And, yep. in, in Argentina, yep. He wanted to continue boxing. And, uh, I oh. wonder when he would have stopped. I, I wonder what would have really taken him out of the ring because he seems to have all his faculties, thankfully, uh, after so many fights and so oh, many man. wars and every type of fight. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he probably would be still boxing today, I'd say. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I keep going back to this, but I'm happy he didn't knock anybody else out. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not the greatest way to be remembered, but, you know, he was my favorite fighter. He was my hero. And, and to be remembered as the last guy he knocked out, I mean, that's, you know, I'm proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you rank him, man, Mike? You fought one of the great, greatest boxers of all time. Where do you rank him in terms of the greatest boxers of all time? Uh, pound for pound, I only rate five fighters, and I rate him as number three. Uh, I have him and Willie Pep even at three and four. I have Sugar Ray Robinson, Henry Armstrong, Roberto Duran, Willie Pep, and Archie Moore as my, top, as my five. Yeah, it's a good five. Solid five. Solid five. Yeah, we'll have to think of our ass for a different podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you start getting into 10, you start saying, oh, what about that guy? What about this guy? You know, yeah. and I, you know, people are trying to rate 50 of them, and I'm like, I could never rate 50. There's just too many guys to, but I think that's the five that I think are the best. You know, what they accomplished and who they beat. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Duran, Duran, Sugar Ray Robertson. Have to be in there, you know. Yeah. Undoubtedly, Henry Armstrong. You can't have a top five without him. Mike, um, before we let you go, and thanks so much for joining us. What are you up to these days? What are you doing now? Are you still, you're still keeping your eye in in boxing. Anyway, I see you're still a big fan of boxing. Are you still involved in the sport? What's your life like now? What are you up to? Well, none of us are doing anything right now. But, um, you know, I watch it. Um, I was training a couple of kids, a couple of friends, uh, my friends, two sons. Um, We'll see when this is over if they want to continue to do that. Um, I just started doing a new job. I had worked for the Department of Youth Services for 22 years. Um, and the program I was at when I um, they, they shut down the program that I was at. So I was unemployed for a while. Um, but I still follow boxing. You know, I wish I could get a job in boxing. But <laughs> those are few and far between. So um, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Hopefully it'll happen. I did write. I did write a story about fighting Roberto from hearing about him that first day in the sixth grade to fighting him. Um, I'm hoping it becomes an ebook. The guy who was helping me do that. Um, I just kind of skimmed over the Mickey Ward fights and he thinks I should really uh, get into more detail about them. So I, um, I'm going to rewrite those, you know, the pages that I, I fight Ward's name is in them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. It's yeah. in it. I mean, it touches on everything, you know, I, I you know, fighting for Ireland, uh, for sparring with Collins, and I met Mickey, I met, uh, I met Whitey Bulger after um, one of my fights in Dorchester, because I fought his, uh, I beat his, um, one of his top thugs, um, after I beat him, they introduced me to Whitey Bulger, you guys know who Whitey is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he's in there, and, uh, you know. How did that encounter with Whitey Bulger go? 
he was very intimidating, and I didn't know who he was until many years later. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was until many years later. I was like, when he went on the run, which was about um, uh, 12 years later, that's when I found out who that guy was. I beat his his uh, head, one of his head drug dealers, Red, a guy named John Red Shea, who wrote a book called Rat Bastards. Yes. I, beat him, I beat him in a tournament in uh, Dorchester uh, in May of 1983, and I was introduced to Whitey after that. Shea, in, in Shea's book, he makes himself out to be Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, he was not. He was. He wasn't a bad fighter, but he's not as good as he makes himself out to be. Yeah. Well, you know that's yeah. boxing is myths and legends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you shared you shared the ring with a genuine one, and uh, and many more so. But uh, yeah. definitely, Roberto Duran deserves to be ranked among the very, very best. Dirty, dirty bugger as he was, but what a guy, what a fighter. Well, he kissed and, me on the cheek after he stopped. After the referee stopped the fight, he came over and kissed me on the cheek. So I guess he was pretty excited for beating me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing was, he he had one. Well, he actually had two really good fights after that. After he fought me, he lost the decision to Jorge Castro, who was the champion uh, like 14 months before that. And they had a rematch four months later, and he beat Castro. Castro was 17 years younger than him. You know, like I said, he'd been champion 18 months before. So and that was, I think, Roberto's last, really last great fight. If you ever watch that on YouTube, um, you'll see he did look really well in that fight. And it made me happy that he could still beat a world-class guy at that age. I've seen a bit of the rematch, uh, the one in Panama. That's the one he won, yes. He kind of fought, he falls off after that. He's, his performance has become very unsafe. I've seen some of his ones, fights after that, uh, someone had just posted on YouTube. And um, he definitely had lost a step after those two fights. Flop here. Come here, uh, Mike, did you, did you guys spend any time together uh, either immediately after the fight or have you seen each other in the years that have followed? I met, I ran into him one, well, he was doing an autograph signing up in the Boston area and I went up and, and seen him and at first he didn't really recognize me and then he remembered me and, you know, we just shook hands and I got some autographs from him for some of my friends and that was it, you know? Yeah, and you got to mention in his book last year as well. I am Duran. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, my son, you know, my son bought me that for Christmas a year ago, a year ago Christmas. So, uh, two Christmases ago, I still haven't read it. I just watched the documentary last week. I am Duran. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that in the movie as well, which was, which was decent enough as well. I, I felt the movie didn't make him out to be uh, the the proper animal he was in, in no, the, the best. movie. You know, I watched the movie. I seen it at the cinema. Four years ago, almost four years ago, and then I just watched the movie last weekend, and um, I the movie wasn't as wasn't as good. They they missed too much out. They they don't make the comeback for him coming to beat Davy Moore as great as it was. And I think Roberta's greatest comeback was losing to Hagler, getting blasted by Hearns, and then coming back and losing to Robbie Sims, and then coming back and beating Barkley. That was even a bigger comeback. Yeah. And it's too bad it did so bad at the box office because that would be a perfect part too. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, he was finished so many times, wasn't he? But uh, he kept coming back. And and the fact that you shared the ring with him at age 45 and saw how much he retained uh, is testament to that. Mike, thanks so much for giving us your fantastic insight on fighting one of the greatest boxers to have ever laced up a pair of gloves, Roberto Manas de Piedra Duran. 25-year-old Roberto Duran takes on Mike Colbert in a scheduled 10-round super middleweight bout. And Mike Colbert, born in Ireland, moved to 
to the United States when he was two and a half years of age, fighting out of Brockton, Massachusetts. He's 30 years of age, 23. Duran has 21 first-round knockouts in his career. What do you think of Colbert so far? Well, he's doing what he needs to do, moving and making Duran throw punches and miss, making him work. And I don't think Mike Colbert minds if he gives away a couple of early rounds. Not getting hit much anyway. You know, Colbert's standing in front of Duran a little bit more in this round. If you do that, Duran's going to hit you. He's working the body pretty well. Getting some shots in is Roberto Duran. And here comes Duran. Look, putting his punches together. Colbert says no, but Duran says yes. One of the things that have never changed about Duran, when he's in any kind of condition, Defensively, and this may speak to the issue you talked about, about how he doesn't seem to have lost any of his faculties. He's so relaxed in the ring that he's a very good defensive fighter. That is something that maybe people don't always give him credit for. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.